A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass, and making all the shirts all sparkly, spanky clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I imagine you're right. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, microphone people. We're back. Another week of By the By. We're excited. We have all the energy. Yes. And a little bit of wine. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> we also have Kobe here. You know, fan favorite. Yes. Microphone yes. people favorite. Uh-huh. Some guy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. And for regular listeners, I promise no improv today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, we weren't going to give you the opportunity. <laughs> oh, I'm so, so sorry. we <laughs> are... We talked about this last week. Yes. Um, but this week being a little bit just post-Halloween. Literally, Halloween was two days ago. Yep, yep. So we're going to do the spoiler alert, they, them, or they slash them podcast. But prior, we are prepping for our escape to the tropics. Yes. The Oh, my God. We're yeah. all going to go. Uh-huh. I'm so excited. We're, I, I mean, it is literally, literally. Next week. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. The excitement. And today well, is Sunday. Well, we leave Saturday. The, the, the thing doesn't start Saturday. Well, that's true. We leave. We're going early. So <laughs> all of us are going early because we need to make sure that far north Queensland is there and ready for us. <laughs> uh, so like in six days, yeah. we will now be landing. Yeah. Well, not six days from when this comes out. It's correct. Yeah. Correct. Six yeah. days from when it's recorded. Yeah. Damn it. I'm sorry, microphone people. We're so confusing. Yeah. If anybody's trying to keep a timeline, give up. <laughs> We're basically like Halloween. <laughs> we've got a five different timelines uh-huh. and trying to follow along is really confusing. Yeah. So we've got that coming up. So we'll be there next week enjoying some warm sunshine, humidity, and nudity. sexy people, nudity, yeah. all the fun things. Nudity. Uh, wait for that. Yeah. Nudity. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. I um. You know, I have some life goals. I'm not going to share them right yet. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. share them once we're actually there and do our live podcast. Is it to sleep 20 hours a day? It is to- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's to sleep 18 hours a day. <laughs> My God, weirdo. Um, I, I want to be a cat <laughs> or a Pippin. That's what I want. I just want to lay in the sun, sleep, and occasionally let people hunt my leg. Uh-huh. So that's it. I was going to say, if you're a Pippin, you're going to be uh, going to some theaters while we're gone. It's very true. It's very true. Yeah, he's going to be a theater dog. That's our buddy. He's a good boy. Yeah. Yes. So also, what do we have coming up? We have on November 25th, we have the next Pendulum Party. Mm-hmm. Kobe, are you going to be at that one? Unknown at this stage. What? I've had a opportunity come up and I may be out of state. Slut. Mm. I know. Oh. I know. Well, Fine. Yeah. I'm not going to be here either. Yeah. So. so somebody needs to come keep Bradford company. Honestly, I... Oh, oh, we have, uh, if again, if you're a listener to the uh, to our podcast, we have a podient member. <laughs> um, we have our audience of one and a half. I'm going to put Pippin in as a half. Uh, Judy is over there. So she'll she'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, it's going to be amazing. So you need more company than, you know, you need all the company. I, will, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I will, like, sit down there and sit in a corner and cry a bit <laughs> by myself. You know, maybe I'll take... Some floggers, and I'll just take my, you know, uh, Judy and I can take our our anger out mm-hmm. on you two okay. on on lovely volunteers who mm-hmm. are, you know, pain sluts. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. yeah, that's a different podcast though. We'll talk yeah. more about that <laughs> yeah. in La Futura. So today, as Angela said, we are going to be talking about the movie They Them, or as it was actually intended to be called, They Slash Them. Mm-hmm. Or, because it is a horror movie, they slash them. <laughs> That's where you put the emphasis. You've got to put the emphasis uh-huh. on the correct syllable. Mm-hmm. That's important. So, as we said last week, if you're a podcast listener and you've heard this before, we have watched this on Peacock. Mm-hmm. If you're in the U.S., it's on Peacock. 
If you're in Australia, you have to get a VPN and an American credit card. Look, it's complicated. It will be down here soon. Or you can still buy it straight through, I think. Uh, iTunes, I'm pretty sure has it. Don't know for sure. But look, through Peacock. Helps that we're American. Anyway, so I... It also helps that like 50% of our audience is American. And we're talking to you, <laughs> American audience people, microphone people. Or, or Canadian America adjacent. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, talking to you, you Canadian maple hawk loving hockey players. I love you. <laughs> I, I, really, I really do. <laughs> I do too. Okay, so I am going to do that really awkward thing that some podcast people do. Yeah. And I'm going to read... <laughs> The plot summary for the entire film. Also, this entire podcast is a spoiler alert. Yes. yes. So if you have not watched it. And you want to. And you want to. This just just this whole thing is a spoiler alert. So either just beware, listen anyway, or wait until you've watched it and then listen. If you're not going to watch it, well, then just listen and, and learn all about it. So look, I, I went back and forth over how we're going to do this and what was the best way to do this. I still think the best way to do this is. It's literally four paragraphs on mm-hmm. Wikipedia. I'm just going straight to Wikipedia for they slash them. And I'm going to read the, the whole plot summary. <clears throat> so simmer down, settle in, and listen to this little tale. At night, a mysterious figure kills an adult driving to a conversion camp known as Whistler Camp. In the morning, a group of LGBTQ people arrive at Whistler Camp run by Owen Whistler. He introduces the camp as an inclusive safe space and promises that they will not try to forcefully convert them. Owen separates the campers into cabins for boys and girls, but Jordan, who is trans and non-binary, is not comfortable going to either. Owen assigns Jordan to the boys' cabin. The group comes together in a circle. (laughs) I'm going to stop right here real quick. The interpretive dance that I'm seeing is fucking obnoxious. I hate you both. <laughs> Fuck off. And I'm now, good. back to our story. The group comes together. Yeah, you, you all can figure out what they did. Yeah, and they did it. The group comes together in a circle and shares why they came to Whistler Camp. Jordan says they made a deal with their religious families to attend for a week so they could legally emancipate themselves. The next morning... Owen criticizes and outs another member, Alexandra, for not sharing that she is trans. He makes her go to the boys' cabin for dishonesty. Alexandra later convinces the camp's new nurse, Molly, to give her estradiol and estrogen hormone. The group partakes in activities overseen by former member and athletics director, Zane, and his fiancée, activities director, Sarah. One night, Owen splits the group into pairs, handcuffing them together, and instructs them to walk into the woods alone. The group is hesitant, but Owen promises that they will regroup in the morning. While in the woods, Jordan and Alexandra see a mysterious person in the woods. The next day, the camp therapist, Dr. Cora Whistler, belittles members of the group for their sexualities and gender identities, including Jordan. Affected by Dr. Cora's words, Jordan returns to the boys' cabin, upset, but is cheered up when the group hosts a dance party to Perfect by Pink. That night, Jordan sneaks into the main office and discovers photographs that show the history of Whistler Camp, including the torturing of children. Jordan is caught by Molly, who says she did not know and promises to protect the group. The camp's groundkeeper, Balthazar, is killed by the mysterious figure while observing the girls showering through a spy cam. The next day, the group is divided by gender. Owen takes the boys to a shooting range while the girls make pies for the boys. Jordan defeats Zane in a shooting competition. Owen reverts to calling Jordan he instead of they. Owen instructs Toby, a gay man, to shoot Owen's dog, Duke, because Duke has cancer. If he refuses to do so, Zane will start to torture Duke by breaking the dog's legs. Jordan kills Duke instead and storms off. Meanwhile, Sarah tries to seduce Kim. Kim later tells her friend Veronica, and they have sex. 
Jordan, Alexandra, and Toby agree to leave Whistler Camp in the morning. Gabriel has sex with Stu, who has been questioning his sexuality. Gabriel reveals they work for Whistler Camp. Owen and Zane force Stu to participate in aversion therapy, a form of electroshock torture that Owen says will make Stu heterosexual. Upon finding Stu unconscious, Molly quits and says she will go to the police. Owen threatens her to stay. The mysterious figure butchers Zane and Sarah and fatally electrocutes Gabriel. Every person at Whistler Camp comes together after finding the dead bodies. The murderer kills Cora. Alexandra leads the younger members out of the camp. The murderer reveals herself to be Molly. Her real name is Angie Phelps. She murdered the real Molly to take her place as the camp nurse. Angie attended Whistler Camp as a team and was tortured there by Owen. She made it her mission to close every conversion camp in existence by killing the complicit employees. Angie attacks Owen but is unable to gain the upper hand. Jordan takes Owen's gun but does not shoot, giving Angie the time to kill Owen herself. Angie tries talking Jordan into helping her, but they refuse. The police arrest Angie. The group agrees to live their lives to the fullest. Okay, so I realized that was long fucking winded. And there's a lot of names in there and none of them mean anything. Like, I highly, highly, highly recommend going out and watching the film for yourself. Yeah, so before we discuss the film, I want to give a little bit of information about conversion therapy. Yes, Just in case anybody out there doesn't know what it is, I hope everybody at least has an idea, but just in case. And I am going to, again, while we're on the Wikipedia train, going to read this from Wikipedia about conversion therapy. Conversion therapy is the pseudoscientific practice of attempting to change an individual's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression to align with heterosexual and cisgender norms. In contrast to evidence-based medicine and clinical guidance, such practices typically view homosexuality and gender variance as unnatural or unhealthy. There is a scientific consensus that conversion therapy is ineffective at changing a person's sexual orientation or gender identity and that it frequently causes significant long-term psychological harm in individuals who undergo it. Seems like a dub, but yeah. Common methods of conversion therapy are counseling, visualization, social skills training, psychoanalytic therapy, and spiritual interventions. Other methods that have been used include ice pick lobotomies. We, we went up a level there. Yep. Uh, chemi- that escalates very quickly. Yeah. Very big uh, Chemical castration with hormonal treatment. Aversive treatments, such as the application of electroshock to the hands and or genitals. Such as Aversion therapy. Yeah. therapy yep. uh, nausea-inducing drugs administered with the presentation of homoerotic stimuli, masturbatory reconditioning, or hypnosis. An increasing number of jurisdictions around the world have passed laws against conversion therapy. Conversion therapy may constitute fraud and has been described by experts as torture, cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment and contrary to human rights norms. So that's kind of what conversion therapy is. Um, I feel like we've all have some idea as to how really terrible it can be. What I will also kind of talk about a bit here is where conversion therapy is still legal or illegal. That'd be interesting. I I just sort of okay. got this horrible feeling that it's only legal in North America. So let's start with Australia. Oh, God, I hope it's not legal here. State by state. Ah. What states do you think it would be legal in? Uh, state slash territory, sorry. We have to include territory. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, <laughs> Queensland has always been very conservative. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Queensland, it's probably legal. Okay. Wait, you're asking where it's legal. Yes. Where, where it's it legal. is legal state in, Australia. State in Australia. State territory. Yeah. I'm going to say it's legal in the Northern Territory. Yeah. And Western Australia. Yeah. I, I'd be inclined to think Queensland, Northern Territory, WA, and maybe Tasmania. I'm no, only going to say this. Not Tassie. No. I'm only going to say this three. because I'm. I, I remember in the news recently that Queensland recently voted against it. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I may be wrong. Voted against making it legal or? Uh, voting or, saying that it's no longer legal. It's no, well, yeah. I think that New South Wales, it might still be legal. Oh. But yeah, let's find out. Not. 
Okay, so Queensland, ACT, and Victoria have banned conversion therapy. So it is still legal in New South Wales, Tasmania, WA, South Australia. Like, it's just, is it, like, you can't even imagine. Like, I just, yeah, it's just, I just can't imagine how it can be legal in these places. And I feel like at this point, we know how terrible it is for people. Yeah. And um, how pointless it is. Yeah. 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 It's the, the arbitrary words right at the start of the Wikipedia where it's a pseudo-psychological. Yeah. Can't we just put torture? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And the other thing is that I feel like above the U.S., Australia is a lot more accepting. But still to know that it's banned in the majority of the country is really disheartening. Yeah. No. You know, you misspoke that. Not banned. Not banned. In not banned. Most, sorry. Yeah. 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 Not banned in most yeah. of the country. Yeah. Um. Okay, so if we're talking about, oh, there's a few ways we can go about this. Let's start with. I'm going to say it's illegal in Canada, all of Canada. I think the Canadians are smart. So the first place, the first country to ban conversion therapy? New Zealand. New Zealand. (laughs) No. 1999? Brazil. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Back before they were run by a conservative nut job. (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, then jumping to 2007, uh, this is also all, this information is all coming from stonewell.org.uk as well. So I only did vague research on this. So yeah, <laughs> anyway, um, just to let you know where it's coming from in case you want to look it up yourself, uh, jumping ahead to 2007, Samoa passed a law stating that people can't be considered mentally ill because of their sexual orientation. Oh, interesting. But what's interesting. So we'll, we'll get into that. Never mind. We'll, we'll come back to that. Fiji was 2010, Taiwan 2018, Argentina, Uruguay. There's a few different countries, Ecuador, Malta, Germany. So, yeah, it, there are countries in the world where it is banned and those where it's not. But what's interesting is when you look at a chart where it is still legal, there are places where it is completely illegal, such as Brazil. And, and yeah, there's a, actually only a few countries where it's actually completely, totally illegal. There are many countries, including the U.S., where it's limited uh, so Australia can, is considered in that because some states it's yeah. banned and some states not, right? Yeah. Canada, it's also limited. Argentina, Spain, it's limited. Most of the world, so most of Europe, Asia, Africa, many countries in South America, it is still completely and entirely legal, which is really sad. In the U.S., there are a number of states and territories where it is banned for minors, Okay. California? Uh, yeah, California, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado, yeah, yeah. Illinois, New York, a lot of the North England, New England states. New England and Virginia. East, West, yeah. yeah, Illinois. Is I was going to say Illinois, the yeah. classic New England state. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know what? My favorite meals is New, is Illinois clam chowder. But you know what? At least if you're in the Midwest, there's a state you can go to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in, in Illinois, Illinois clam chowder is made with cockroaches. <laughs> there, there are some states where it is partially banned for minors. Uh, six states in one territory. There are Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, where it is, well, as of... How they even do it for straight people down there, <laughs> just in case. So this site, I think it was updated in early 2022, but it was in federal jurisdiction circuit with a preliminary injunction against currently preventing enforcement of conversion therapy bans. Um, yeah. I mean... Did you listen to that? That is yeah. the most yeah. That is the most Florida statement. Yeah. Like, once again, like... You're, you're, oh, you're cis, cis, het and heterosexual. Well, yeah. let's make sure. Yeah. Six months of conversion therapy, yeah. just in case. It's, it's in the court with a preliminary injunction preventing enforcement of conversion therapy bans. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's a lot of the majority of the U.S., like 21 states and four territories where there is no law or policy regarding it. So just as a side note, fuck you, DeSantis. You're a fucking monster. I hate you. And, um, you know, the world might be better if you decided to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I also think is interesting is that in many places it is, when they say it's a ban, it's a ban for, they will say for health practitioners, sometimes they'll say religious personnel, but what's to, and I, I don't know if this even happens, I would have to assume that it's probably not as common as health personnel or religious groups doing it, but what if some rando wanted to set up a conversion therapy camp and just do this thing, right? And they're not a health pr- practitioner, they're not a religious person. I don't know. Is there room that even though it's banned in a place, could someone else still do it under different pretenses? Or would they just be like, no, you're religious, you're whatever kind of thing? I don't know. Anyway, so it's good that it's banned in a lot of places. I also don't know exactly about the specific wording and things like that. 
Welcome to the Church of Bradford. Are you straight and want to be awesomely queer? Well, then come, come, come to my altar. You can come on my altar, in my altar. I will so happily crucify you with my love, my lust. All you have to do is be a better person and be queer at the Church of Bradford. Thanks, Bradford. I appreciate that. Uh, I was going to, the last thing I do want to say about conversion therapy before we get back to the movie is, and this is from, again, just doing some quick looking online. This is from humanrights.unsw.edu.au, so um, one of our local universities. But they're talking about conversion therapy and what the change in Queensland and ACT actually means for communities and things like that. And in a section of that article, it does say that in a 2020 report by the UN independent expert, they claim that the methods of conversion therapy could constitute a violation of the freedom from torture, inhumane or degrading treatment of LGBTQ plus people, the freedom, depending on the severity of the physical and mental pain and suffering of the person. The freedom is protected by various international treaties, including Article 7 of the International Covenant on its Civil and Political Rights, Article 24 of the Convention on the Rights of the Child, and the Convention Against Torture and Other Cruel, Inhuman, or Degrading Treatment or Punishment. Australia has ratified these treaties, so it's made into domestic law, but there is no nationwide Human Rights Act or Bill of Rights that the freedom is protected. Have a spy. So, I, I, yeah, it's, it's like we said, it's state by state, which is... Through, just, through that whole passage of information that you've just digested, the thing that really strikes me is the dates. Yeah, this is 2018, 2019, 2020, 2007 was the first instance, or 1999, then, then, then 2007. It's yeah. a big gap, and it was one country. That is just staggering how recent, how new this all is, that it's just coming to the fore. And, and that we treat people like this. They're, they're people. They're us. Yeah, like, they're us. This could be you. Do you want to be treated like this? Yeah, and it, it does amaze me that on top of that, what we're doing is trying to fundamentally change people, right? Hmm. We want people, you don't think or act like me, so I'm going to do something horrific to you that there is no doubt. I don't think whoever you are, you can't doubt that this wouldn't be painful, both maybe both mentally and definitely physically, yeah. and that... No, that's all right. Hmm. You know, yeah, we don't mind a little torture. This, this y- is it's going to make a better you. Yeah, and uh, you'll be better for it. Yeah, you'll Go be on. better for you'll it. Be it's, it's fucking kills me. Yeah. All right. So enough of this depressing bullshit. Let's move on to talking a little more about the film. I do want to talk about John Logan, who is the writer director of this film. John is a openly gay man. He is in his sixties but has been part of uh, writing. He's been a playwright for a very long long time, time. a fucking long time. But I I want to talk about a couple of the things that you may not know that he was part of. So he was one of the writers of Any Given Sunday, the movie. Mm -hmm. One of the writers of Gladiator, The Time Machine, Star Trek Nemesis. Just for clarification, that's the 2003 version of The Time Machine, by the way. Um. The 2002. 2002. The one with with Guy Pearce that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Fair enough. Um, The Last Samurai. Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. He adapted it for the screen for Tim Burton from the stage. Spectre, the James Bond film that was directed by Sam Mendes. And (laughs) Ridley Scott's Alien Covenant, which... You're not missing much, people. <laughs> just turn right. Yeah. Just fucking turn right. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you a horror fan, you get that. Yeah. If you're not, well, welcome to the show. He's also the creator and executive producer and one of the many, or one of the writers for many of the episodes of Penny Dreadful, which if you've never seen Penny oh, Dreadful, yeah. such a cleverly crafted. Very mix. unique show. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Very yeah. smart. Very unique. I liked that. So he's got a lot of history in in the genre, yeah, uh, and in and in theater and whatnot. Uh, film. This was also a Blumhouse film, and I like everybody. I think everybody who listens to the podcast knows that I am a big fan of horror. I love that Blumhouse has made horror a lot more mainstream. They're happy to throw money at things. 
I do feel like sometimes I wish they would actually think about what they're going to throw money at before they do it. But, uh, so Blum said that he was drawn to making the feature film about conversion therapy following the release of the documentary pray away. Mm. So I think that's, that's interesting. So is, yeah, yeah. That shows you again where the, where the mental, where this comes from, where does this story come from? So let's start with, before we get into specifics and things like that, let's start with what was your overall feeling of the movie? How did it leave you feeling? I was left on a high at the end of the movie. I actually found the overall aesthetic really reminded me of an 80s slasher. And for me, that was great. I love 80s slashers. You know, they're, they're, fan- they're fantastic. And throughout early the movie, 80s, early 80s yeah. slashers, yeah. Mm. And it that's how I left feeling. I, it was, you had the quintessential final girl. Mm-hmm. Um which is a horror term for the the person left standing at the end. And it was fantastic that it kept that model and I felt like a traditional horror movie. Uh-huh. And it also had a lot of conversation in between that is a lot to digest, which for me, I thought overall I was left on a high and a buzz at the end of the movie. Yeah. Look, I similar but different. So for me, again, as soon as it was done, I was like, oh, this feels like I feel like I felt in the late 80s, early 90s after going to the video store and renting a slasher film on VHS. I love that feeling. Right. And this movie and I'm sure we'll dig into it a little deeper, but this movie touched on a lot of those key plot points that are very familiar. And I think, unfortunately, what makes a very good horror film successful for me is touching on the familiar while twisting it enough to make, to keep me interested. And this did that. Yeah. I will say that the final, the, the villain, I wish they had put about a a little more time into character design. So the villain wasn't, villainous it wasn't they weren't they weren't developed enough yeah you think you think michael myers you think the shape and you think a a distorted captain kirk mask or or william shatner mask you think freddy krueger you think of knives on their fingers you think jason Voorhees. you think the hockey mask which wasn't until uh halloween or i'm sorry friday the 13th three or four i can't remember three Three, yeah yeah. or and the machete Mm. you know you think of these things that are iconic scream mask Ghost face, yeah, ghost scream, face, scream. like yeah. this. Vil- this villain isn't iconic, Not at and all. I really felt like they needed something iconic. Yeah, I feel like if you were to see this villain somewhere else, you would not be able to necessarily identify that it was this movie. Exactly. But yeah, so my takeaway was that at first I started the movie feeling very disturbed and very like this is squicky icky kind of thing. But then by the end of it, I was like. Now, all right, like like you said, it follows some of the similar horror tropes. And I had this, I mean, everybody knows I like horror, but I also um, am very disheartened by the choices of horror people in films and things and that, you know. Um, so I often very, I talk back to the TV a lot, which is why I can't watch these things in theater. So there was still a lot of that. So it was good. That means that it was well on track for what it should be. And the end of it, I was kind of like, all right, I get it. And and it's funny because the whole way we're trying to guess and we finally got there at the end, but it wasn't what we thought at the beginning. Yeah. And which I thought was good is that we couldn't tell from the beginning what exactly was going to happen at the end. Yeah. Let's talk about that a bit. Can we dig deeper into that? Like into the why? Because that's, I think it's, for me, it's very clear why. Mm. But I'm not sure that, I mean, again, I am a horror slut. I, if it's. I, I like Shudder because it's just like you can turn something on. And you're like, oh, look, there's there's something stupid and scary. So why do you think you felt that way? Why were you squeaky in the beginning and then surprised? Oh, oh, I was squeaky in the beginning because of the whole gay conversion thing. So Kevin Bacon's character. Uh, I, I, yeah, we have already said that, right? Kevin Bacon, Kevin is, Bacon. he's the star of this, yeah, right? He's, he's the, the owner of the gay conversion. Camp. He's the one. I forget the actual character's name. Whistler. He's, Owen Whistler. Yeah. Owen. So he's the one who's actually running the gay conversion camp. 
It's Kevin fucking Bacon. The the third death from Friday the 13th. The one that everybody remembers because he got a fucking arrow through the back of his neck. Kevin fucking Bacon. Yeah. Hollow Man himself. And, Sorry. And admittedly, I did take a few notes during the movie because I was like, I want to remember these things and these these feelings and the like specifics of why I why I feel this way. Mm. Um and yeah, so the first thing was when he's welcoming them all to the conversion therapy camp and he's saying it's a safe space. And I'm like, it's a fucking conversion therapy camp. It's not a safe space. Yeah. But his character is very warm and welcoming. And I was just like. He's likable. Ah. Yeah. And I think that's what made me feel icky is like, you are a likable character. And, and if you were saying this in a different setting, I might believe you. But I also know where the fuck this is going and I oh, I didn't like that. The the likability of Kevin Bacon during that scene from an acting performance is is it's Charles Manson, it's Jim Jones. Yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. cult leader, it was cool, it was calm, it was charismatic but scary. Yeah. You could feel it. Yeah. That it yeah, all the words are right. All the feelings yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he well, does... And uh, he even, like, you're talking about the words. Like, one of the terms that he used was gender normative. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. You're saying all the right things, yeah. but we know deep down that something is wrong. And yeah. he was pretending to be inclusive and accepting. Like, when the kids were arriving, he's like, oh, we're very accepting and da-da-da. And it's like, but you're not. No. You're no. not. No. It's, for me, again... There were things I loved about, again, let's just gush about Kevin Bacon for a second. I am a big Kevin Bacon fan, but the he starts talking about music theater. He starts talking about non, what is, I'm going to say non-gender normative, right? He's a cis white man, straight, who is gushing about musical theater at one point. Yeah. And not just any musical theater, early Sondheim. Sondheim. Like yeah. early Sondheim. Which, like, I get the guys that are out there like, you know, I like Phantom of the Opera. Miss Saigon's kind of cool. Hamilton, yeah. Rap. You know, like, I get that. And I'm not trying to down anybody. But there are certain musical things. Like, that was such a smart choice mm. of what he picked, mm. right? And I think it was even Anyone Can Whistle. Yeah. I don't even remember the show. I can't. My brain is shutting down, admittedly. But it was such a brilliant choice to pick this and... Yeah. 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 Um Can, I'm all cool. I'm good. I'm yeah. cool. I'm, I'm, I'm with one you. of you. I'm one of you. I'm, I understand yeah. you. I'm I'm straight, but I understand you. So another problem or another, I guess for me, the thing that hit me was there was a moment. So of course we watched this at home. We paused it after the pink scene, the perfect song. So if you don't know that song, it's you know I'm perfect, you know, the the you're fucking perfect, right? Yeah. So that happens at a turning point in the movie at this point i think there's been only one death i have a few notes before that but we'll go there do you want to go ahead and do that then no, no, no go ahead okay yeah, yeah so that was the moment where we paused it got up got to the bathroom get more popcorn and i looked at angela and i was like i, I already know what i'm struggling with this film is one of the things that i love about horror films is the predictability and it mm -hmm. goes back to what i was saying earlier it's like it has certain plot points that you're going to hit so classic slasher you kill the teens that because they do things that are outside the norm we've all seen scream you don't have sex you don't drink you don't do drugs you don't say i'll be right back you don't stay there's certain things you don't do and at this point in the film these teens have already been victimized mm -hmm. so many times and we've already heard about it by their own families by their friends by society by this group that has already said oh you're safe but there's always already been victimization from within this you're in a safe space group that I looked at Angela and I said, if they kill these teens, I'm done with this movie. I don't even finish it. Because yeah. you can't kill a victim. You cannot right. kill a victim. Yeah. Like they've done nothing wrong. They've only been their true authentic selves. And I get it that in a normal, like, and that's my question. Like, am I wrong? Because I look at it from Friday the 13th. Those kids are also just being themselves. Mm. Right. But you know, they're having sex, they're doing drugs, but I guess my thing is they're not being victimized mm, when they're no. doing themselves, and, when and they're being themselves. That's doing right. Themselves. <laughs> Friday the 13th, they're the facsimile for the kids that tortured Jason. Yes. So yeah, it's a yeah, facsimile yeah. of this is where I'm taking my revenge. It's misplaced and it's murderous, yeah. but it's it's obvious. And the um, actors, the, the teens in this are the victims. And they are victimized from day one. From they the walk, very beginning. They walk yeah. in as victims. They are not 
um, they're not anti-heroes. They're not protagonists. They're not an- antagonists. They are just the victims. They are yeah. they the MacDuff. They're the MacGuffins. Of, yeah, of yeah. The movie. And I struggled yeah. with that. Push I think, it along. I think that's probably my only problem with the whole film is that if you expect those kids to die, which we all did, mm. that's wow we're fucked honestly, up because honestly when we were going into this we were like this is going to be and then there were none like they're yes. going to get picked off one by one yeah. this is what's going to happen it's not but that's what we thought was going to happen yeah yeah um and i will say that you know you're talking about the victimization of them and i and as the movie starts and they're in a circle telling their stories they're having one-on-ones with the counselor listening to their struggles and like and and we we know we've heard we've we've Probably many of us, I say many of us would have experienced or we know people in life who've been through similar types of struggles that are being identified here, but it's still fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Like you hear that and you're just like, fuck. And you're thinking, this is a fucking horror movie. Yeah. I'm expecting these people to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In that time, the stories that they were told, uh, the stories that they told are relatable. Yeah. They really are. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they, they, and they're very well fleshed out. Their, their backgrounds are really well fleshed. Yeah. And one of the other things I thought was interesting was when they do split them at the very beginning into the boys and girls cabins, this is gay conversion therapy. It, is it conversion <laughs> yeah. or are we immersing them yeah. in it? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lead me not into temptation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angela did point that out. She's like, wait, they don't want the queer kids to be yeah. with all the queer kids. Yeah. 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 Just and also stem back to when they first did the uh, segregation is that moment of um, joy that uh, Kevin Bacon, the, the Owen character, has at the fact that his camp counselors are ex students. Yes. yes, that that was so creepy. Yeah, because those two are wrong. Oh yeah, they are a pair of wrongins if you've ever seen them in so your life. So those characters. So what's interesting about I think the way those characters act. And how they behave in the film is, you know that they're ex-students, but their behavior, their movements, their speech, everything about them is that edge of AI robotic. Like, again, there's something just off about them. You don't behave as a human. You're just unhuman enough. You've yeah. been programmed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's something interesting in their sex scene. So they're, they're fiance uh, t- for each other. And like in their sex scene, He's looking at a f- pictures of one of the boys, and she's looking at or thinking about pictures of she's one of the girls. The girls, one of the yeah. girls. So that's a, a really early plot point in the yeah. movie. They take all the electronic devices from yes. every um, body that's attending, and then they take these devices and they're looking through their Insta feeds, and which is and it's creepy. creepy. And they're both getting exceptionally turned on. They're looking at pictures while they're fucking. Yeah, and. They it's get just killed. weird. They get killed. As they should. Exactly. Um, I, I will say I was a bit disappointed because their death is off screen. I am a big proponent of if you're going to kill bad people, do it on screen. Don't give us, don't give them the the satisfaction <laughs> of me not seeing them being split in from end. I would like to see all the details. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you bite it? How did you bite it? I want to, I need to know. I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going back to earlier, you mentioned the names of the characters and the groundskeeper was named Balthazar. Mm-hmm. So that name, I was like, that name is familiar. It's really familiar. He's one of the three wise men in the Bible who visited Jesus when he was a baby. And it means God protect the king. So if he's the groundskeeper and he's supposed to be like the protector, but he's the first one killed. So is he the first one killed because he's the but most he's likely? He's the second one killed. Is he? Well, okay, because we're not counting the nurse. The nurse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. On the grounds of the, yes. of the thing, he was the first one killed. So is he killed on purpose first because he's the protector and he's like, are they getting him out early? Is that why? Or were his parents just really cruel and decided to name him a name that everybody would look at him and go, you're different. You're definitely a harbinger. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he, he was creepy. He was one of those people, characters that was a bit creepy and a yeah. bit abnormal. And so maybe, maybe that was it. Right. So earlier on, Angela, you mentioned the villain yeah. of this movie. Mm. 
who do you consider the villain? Oh, boo. Oh. Fine. Be that way. No, I'm not going to be that way at all. But honestly, so, the traditional villain of this movie is not who is the villainous person. True. Which is also, I think, clever. I it, actually That was the twist that I enjoyed. I, that was the subversion yeah. that I thought was not very well done. That's not a subversion. That is a classic trope. <laughs> Look, okay, sorry. But but it's it is and it isn't. So we went into let's let's go through the timeline. So Bradford and I went into this movie and at the beginning we we're like, okay, the villain is going to be... Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon Owen, right? <laughs> I mean, just look at that guy. Yeah. He looks like he's going to fuck you. However, <laughs> it only took about five, maybe ten minutes in, and we were like, nah, it's the wife. Yeah. It's his wife. I will say, I thought it was the therapist. Yeah, so we thought it was her for a while. And then it was like, okay. And this took a while, so we thought it was her for a while. And then eventually we were like, nah. Nah, she did. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, well, maybe it's one of the other, you know, the activities director, that his partner, whatever. Um, also cause she was doing the whole hitting on the females thing and whatever. And then at one point Bradford did say, he was like, maybe it's the nurse. Cause so in the whole thing. So at the very, very, very beginning of the movie, the nurse Molly, who's coming to the camp gets murdered on the, in the road. So on her way there, she's killed in the road. Yeah. But we have no idea who she is. No. We get no information no. on who she is. It's just a, that she dated. It's a random lady in the road who's killed by this monster thing. That's all we know. We learn later that that was the nurse Molly who was supposed to be there. Um, also, we learn later at the very, very end that it was killed by the the serial killer, the the new Angie. nurse. Yeah, the the nurse who's who's there at the camp. And so, but at one point we were like, well, maybe it has something to do with you know the lady that was killed. But again, towards the end, we're really trying to figure it out because we at that point we figured out it's not any of the kids. But we're still not sure exactly who it is because the people who we think it is are like getting picked off. So you're like, which is good. Yeah. So, and and adding to that spoiler, you know, ultimately, all of the counselors are who die. Right? Mm. It's none of the kids. There's one kid that dies, and that's because he is bait. Yes. Um, well, he's essentially part of. The he's part of the crew. which is. I struggled with that as I, a logic point of view, yeah. I did but I guess that, that it is a bit of the. Um, Beauty and the Beast kind of thing, you know, you're safe, so I'm taken care of, so you're fine. Yeah. And then also if he's been What's through- What's it called? Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, and if he's been through the camp, then he thinks like, okay, well, this is fine, and I trust these people, and they're going to take yeah. care of yeah. me and whatever. But still, so. eh. I, I did think that, I feel like that was a weak point in the plot, in that I felt like using him as bait makes sense for how it was done, but also it just- I don't think it was developed enough to where it felt like there was still something missing from that storyline. Like, I don't feel like we got enough of it. Ultimately, I feel like the entire film could have done with at least one, if not two more drafts. Mm. Yeah, 100% agreed. Every every point I think you goes past is that needs a little more development. That yeah. had potential to be great. Yeah. And it, it, the whole film overall, I think, had potential to be great because it touched on a lot of subjects. It had some really cool plot twists. The acting was really good. I was and surprised at to, the acting. We're going to have a chat about some of the actors. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm going to just say the three known actors, if you like, the um, the big names that people have seen before. Obviously, we had Kevin Bacon. You had Anna Klumsky yeah. playing the nurse and yeah. Kerry Preston, yep. um, which anyone that's watched True Blood would know hands down. Yeah. And she's been around The Good Witch and she's done a lot of work. But they're the only three what you would consider known actors and the rest of the cast was very diverse. A lot of them LGBT. Also, actors, some really attractive actors, people. Holy some shit! Very attractive yeah. people, and a lot of acting talent came out. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yes. So the person who plays sort of the uh, I, I, final girl is the is the gendered. The, the gendered everybody term. knows it. Gendered it's, term. Yeah, as yeah. I said, it's the horror um, term. But the the final person is Theo Germain. So Theo Germain is a non-binary trans actor who, and I love this, Jermaine explained, I joke and tell people my first memories are The Lion King and gender dysphoria. I remember being three years old and being in daycare, and we were all lying down on our mats and trying to nap. And I remember not being able to nap because I would always just sit there and think about gender at three. And so they have also been in... The Politician, 15 episodes of The Politician on Netflix, and a couple of other little things. But they, I was so impressed with, like, 
that that it was just say, fun to watch them on on screen. I was gonna say the acting talent was amazing, also gorgeous. Yeah, like yeah. I love to sit there and watch them. But I would say the acting. There was a lot of really good talent in this movie, like you said, Kobe. I was really impressed with that because a lot of these people were people that I've if if I've seen them before, it might have been in a little bit here and there, but I don't really remember yeah. them. Yeah, but. Such good talent and yeah, beautiful people. The direction was pretty. The like, I, like the direction was it great? No, this was I think the first time that John Logan had actually directed, directed something. Himself, yeah. he had written a lot of stuff, but hadn't yeah. actually directed. He's produced a lot of stuff, but like, oh, the yeah. opening scene yeah. is right out of the gate. It's an homage to The Shining. Yes. And I remember even saying to Angela, this is The Shining. Yeah. They've done exactly, it's a curvy road, it's through the woods, it's the top down of a car, it's a lonely highway shot. And we're like, all right, look, I already like this. Yeah. This tells me that you as the director are a fan of classic horror, and what you're telling me is that what you are about to see is something that's going to feel familiar but might be a little different. Mm-hmm. And that is what we were given. Yeah. Something yeah. that felt familiar the whole way through but with a bit subversion. Absolutely. Yep. And I will say that talking about the group themselves, the the victims, the teenagers. So as the movie goes along, their dynamic changes. So at the beginning, when they're all coming together, there's a lot of trash talking within the group. And you yeah. get that within the LGBT community, period, is there is a lot of trash talking, a lot of like, oh, us versus them, you versus me. You're not blah, queer blah, blah. enough. Yeah. Thing. And so there was a lot of that within the group. and And it was one of those... Again, I mean, obviously, because we're sitting down watching a horror movie about this thing, we know what's coming. And we're like, fuck, y'all should be on the same side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in real life, that's what would happen. That's how the groups are when they come together. So I was like, okay, yeah, that that's actually, I can believe that. And then as they're going through the counseling sessions and that type of thing, and throughout the interactions with the Owen character, but even within the group, you see it in that the two trans characters in the movie is very much billed as an attention or love-seeking endeavor. But it's not. But there, it's it's shown as that because I feel like that's what some parts of society say and think about it. And so it's shown that way. And you're just like, it's not, though. And and so it goes through that phase of things. So there's the infighting within the group. There's the, oh, you're just looking for attention type of thing. And then in the end, as things go along and as, as shit gets real and as, as people realize, like, oh, fuck, we're in a a potentially dangerous situation, a scary situation, something uncomfortable, we have to come together. And then at that point, and that was kind of around the time of the pink song, but at that point, the group starts coming together and the support they provide each other is amazing and lifting each other up and helping each other. And it's like, this is what it should be from the beginning. But they had to go through this whole journey to get there. I mean, they got there in the end and and, and there was the support. But I think it's one of those, like, to me, one of the, the takeaways from it all is let's do that. Let's get there. Yeah. Like, why, why do the infighting and the picking on each other thing when we can just go straight to let's fucking support each other? Yeah. From a storytelling perspective, the arc of that was way too long. Mm. Agreed. Mm. It took, yeah. And. That part of the film was really well made and I think had some of the best scenes in it, some of the best acting and dialogue. It was also the slowest. It was the slowest and it took too long and it's not what you want in a horror movie. Yeah. If this was a feel-good, we're going to go through a conversion therapy camp and we're going to come out the other side as friends and stronger and tell them all to fuck off, (laughs) that would be great as a a fun drama. But, But as a horror movie, that just took away from the horror element. There was not enough of the time to build the suspense and to build on the villain which is what we should have been doing yeah exactly and we got a few of the jump scares but they weren't like i'm okay with it i'm i'm okay with a jump scare i'd rather you build the existential dread which i thought was the direction this was going to go the jump scares were obligatory Mm. they were fine but they were what you would expect from sorry blumhouse they were what you would expect from a Blumhouse film. I literally leaned into my microphone to say they cut and paste from the Blumhouse yeah. studio. Like, if you've guy, seen you one, like, and I hate saying this, but Here's honestly, script. Yeah, if yeah. you've seen one Blumhouse film, you've kind of seen them all. Yeah, Jason Blum has been involved in some of probably the most influential movies of the last 10 years. Absolutely. Get out. Hush. Yeah. Love them, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely incredible. Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to me is God. one of the best horror movies of the last 10 Fucking, years. Fucking, I, I will. Yeah, absolutely. 
and he's been involved with those projects. But some of his projects that he's funded, much like this one, feel a little bit cookie cutter mm. at times. Agreed. Agreed. As when it comes to those tropes, because it's easy and it it sells movies. It works. And yeah. It works definitely. Yeah. But it's not long lasting and memorable. And I feel like this subject matter is something that had they taken six more months to work on this film, they had the a talent. The talent, like you said, Kobe. The talent is beautiful, really good stuff, but they just didn't have what they needed to work with. But two things at the end that I do really like is that the main character, Jordan, the, at the very end, they had this big, beautiful speech. It was just an amazing speech. It was speech. smart. Yeah, to the, the serial killer person. And to me, that was one of those moments of they are making themselves visible. You're now this very visible person as a character in the community. You're making a statement and then they walk out and all the cops are arriving at that point and whatever. And they walk out and they are completely invisible, Yeah, which is how it is in life. Right. And so it's like, you're this big hero person, let's say, and, and you're making this wonderful speech and you're, you're this visible thing. And then you walk out amongst all the cops rushing in. Also, why no cop ever stopped to like talk to them and say, "Hey, yeah. what are you da da da?" Are you okay? Yeah, that's and like, what do you know? Could you be the killer? We don't know. I don't. That's a whole other thing. But still, as they were walking out, it was that beautiful moment of they are completely invisible. Everyone is rushing past them. So that dichotomy of the two so close together, I actually really liked that, even though it didn't make logical sense. But we're gonna give that. <laughs> and then at the end, you know, it's this female serial killer, which you don't see very often. Yeah, I mean, in, Mrs. In Voorhees real life, yep. in real life or in movies, exactly. it's not common you see a female yeah. serial killer. Yep. Uh, when you look at the classic slashers, the ones that made you know at least eight to twelve different versions, yeah. um, <laughs> really the only one would be Mrs. Voorhees, and really she was only in the first, which, and Friday she's the not, 13th. and she's not remembered. Jason yeah. is the villain yeah. in the Friday the Thirteenth series. Watch and only. Only if you're a, um, scream, a fan. scream fan or a, a horror fan that you would go, well, it's Mrs. Voorhees in the yeah. first movie. Sorry, you're going to have to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, spoiler alert for Friday the 13th. And <laughs> Scream. Seriously, like, you should have seen those movies by now. Also, if you've made it this far. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, so... I want to read a couple of the reviews of this film. Oh, oh, so cool. it is surprisingly <laughs> to no one, I think, because one, it's horror, and two, it's queer horror. It is not certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. On Rotten Tomatoes, okay. it has a 34% from 68 critics with an average rating of 4.8 out of 10. Mm. So about as middle of the road as you can get. Mm. On Metacritic, the reviews state, although it deserves credit for a strong cast and inclusive premise, they slash them is too tonally messy to cut more than skin deep. I cannot disagree with yeah. that. No, 100%. Yeah. They're right on the money. And then, so two specific quotes from Callum March of New York Times. Logan, who also wrote the screenplay, feels so averse to engaging with the thorny political implications inherent in this material mm. of having to negotiate a cast of gay, transgender, and non-binary characters in a horror context. That whole thing winds up seeming rather tame. Peter de Bruges of Variety had said, it's so committed to affirmational messages about queer identity not being a choice, a condition, or a legitimate motive to get axed by a deranged serial killer that the movie all but forgets to be scary. Although enlisting Kevin Bacon as too genial to be trusted camp seer Owen Wilson nearly makes it work. And then lastly, Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film a three out of four stars, saying, as a director, Logan knows how to push us through the horror genre paces, from jump scares and mysterious sounds in the woods to the obligatory gruesome kills. Mm. Time and again, though, we are reminded that the real monster in they slash them is bigotry and intolerance. So I will say from a political perspective that actually if you're really talking about it is I feel like I have no exposure whatsoever, real life exposure to gay conversion therapy camps. Of course. Lucky you. Um, yeah, yeah, lucky us. Lucky us. For real. Yeah. Talk about privilege. Yeah. Um, but if, when you look at what 
can happen, has happened, and probably still happens at many places, is I do feel like while they allude to some of the horrific things and they show a little bit, I would say, in the middle of the road kinds of things, they don't really get into the really, truly horrible things. And they get into a little bit of the psychological, obviously, with the... Who's Aversion this, therapy. The, and also the... Stu. Yeah, all of that. But also, I was going to say, the the end um, serial killer it yeah. was a... Was a yeah, so she was a child who attended Had camp there. through camp. Yeah, and, and so... Left scarred and yeah, so, become a serial killer. Yeah, so you see that like, she's gone through this, and now she's a fucking serial killer because of it. And so you see all of that, but also just the horrific physical things that can and do happen. They touch on it, but they don't really... You don't see a lot of that. It is a lot more about their relationships and things like that, which is yeah. good, and I think that's great. But if you're, I guess it depends on where the focus is, right? Yeah. The focus what are you is trying on, to show, right? And yeah. that's, the, that's the question is ultimately, what is this show trying to show? And for me, the gay conversion camp was nothing more than a plot device to get people in the queer community in one location. Mm. So this is no, really no different than, say, the movie The Faculty. Let's talk about high school mm -hmm. students mm -hmm. and, and, you know, pod people kind of thing mm. or let's or alien and let's talk about people who live on a spaceship it's like it's really no different than that to be a plot device to get people together so you're not trying to highlight conversion therapy you're no. not trying to make a political statement the no. only thing that they're doing yeah. is making it a they're convenient to kill right yeah. the yeah. counselors and the people who run it they're we can we the queer community can all look at them and go, yeah, I want to fucking kill them too. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I don't think that the cishet community will look at that and go, uh, you know. They deserve what, to die. They deserve to die. to die. Yeah. That's the problem. Because it this. wasn't highlighted enough. Yeah. I think one of the missed opportunities, and I don't know whether it was the artistic choice or whether it maybe got knocked on the head MPAA, but when, he's, when Jordan uh, is looking at the photos in yeah. and discovers yeah. those photos, it didn't fill me with dread. No. The first picture is a girl sitting on some steps. Yeah. And then it zooms in a little bit and there's a little bit of facial discoloring. You had so much chance to make that horrific. Yeah. You yeah. could have had yeah. you could have had the aversion therapy sessions in photos. You could have had so many torturous things that but arguably why would the fuck would you take pictures of that? Oh, well, that makes no that makes no plot sense. Actually, why would you do gay conversion? What would make yeah. no? What would make more sense? Because what we did see was a few things of like the aftermath, the scars of the burns and things like that on the for like like on the chest and whatever. But what would make more sense is that you're probably not going to take pictures of the aftermath. What would make more sense is if they had video reels of yes. it happening of in the moment, yeah. Yeah. and they showed the video reels. That would have made more sense. I feel. I agree. Yeah. Agree. Would it would have built a better sense of dread or. Yeah. Um, and also towards the the villain. Also, yeah. because it makes more sense that someone would video what they're doing rather than take stills. Rather than take stills, but also in a video, you could get the, I'm going to say the pleasure, the pompousness, the like, hey, I'm doing this for like that that arrogance. You would get that from the quote unquote villain or whoever's administering it. You would get that a lot more in a video than you would just a still. I mean, if we're going to argue that as well, who prints photos anymore? Like, <laughs> really, who prints photos? Yeah. So if they wanted to be. Also, I, this this conversion therapy camp has been going for, what, 30, 50 years? Some, yeah, so. fair enough. All right, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. But if you wanted to be really clever about it and do a, also a callback, since all of their phones were taken, if Jordan had found Owen's phone and opened up his phone to see the videos, that would have been one of those, cool. Now, like, now yeah. we're also talking about why we're not allowed to have our phones, but you are, and the reason you are allowed is because you're filming this horrific act. Yeah. That's the way I would have done it, yeah. but also I'm a fucking podcaster, not a writer for <laughs> hit movies maybe, yet. Maybe you should be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they need to consult with you. <laughs> it's just, I did, I guess, let's sort of wrap up our final thoughts here. For me... I struggle a bit because I really enjoyed it in uh, there was moments. I thought I was going to hate it in any movie that can make me go, I'm going to hate you to, you know what? That wasn't half bad. I actually quite, kind of enjoyed it. And I remember at the end, like I think right afterwards, I would probably would have given it a six, six and a half out of 10, maybe a seven. Maybe if I was feeling generous, my biggest things that I liked were the cast was brilliant. Mm. Um, the setting makes perfect sense. It's very nostalgic. I love, much like you said, Kobe, it's very 80s. So it's a good place to have a serial killer and a, a monster. Yeah. The biggest negatives I have were, in the end, the message is quite diluted. 
It's muddled. It's muddled. It's dirty. It doesn't make, like, what are you trying to tell me? And I need a killer that is recognizable. I want to be able to go, that is the villain. Like, when I say that, the mask, the what they're wearing. The, yeah, the, the visage of who so, the yeah. guy is. So yeah. I actually did like the mask. My problem was that you only saw it in very brief moments. It was very quick, so you don't get a lot of time to digest it. I remember thinking at the moment, though, and I made a, actually made a note that I liked the mask. Mm. Now, could I tell you at this moment exactly what it looked like? Could I draw it? See, that's no, a problem. I, I think that's a problem. Yeah. It needs to be, it needs to haunt you, yeah. right? So, Michael Myers haunts you. The, mm, the hockey face ma- yeah. haunts you. So I did like it, but I couldn't draw it now. However, I did, I did like the twist of the serial killer at the end. I really liked that. I do feel like that character needed more development to get you there because it wasn't until the very end that we could figure out who it was, which is its own thing. But I don't feel like it was in a good way. I feel like it was because we just, but wait, this makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. And and it wasn't, it, it, I feel like that character just needed a lot more development to get there. I had to take her word that it was okay for her to kill. Yeah. Whereas they could have shown me why it was okay. If for they, yes. If they oh had, my God. That would have been a also, show. Oh, don't tell. Show right? don't tell. Go back to the video. Like if they had found video of her, her. being tortured. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that would have been yeah. Paul. Cause then you've got Jordan's conundrum yeah. of, do I stop this do now? Do I protect yeah. her or not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would exactly. have been. That would have oh, made so a lot clever. more sense. See, this needed and more development. Yeah. Needed more yeah, work. Just a bit more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's true with a lot of movies, right? Yeah. We, we, we're fair. rushing them out. Yeah. Um, oh, and look, it's always great to criticize from the armchair after it's been released. Fair you enough. Know, it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's our advantage. It's that's our, why we're here. That's right. That's what we're here doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my final thought, I said at the start of the podcast, and I still, uh, still agree, I was warm and fuzzy when I left it for some of the things that it hit really, really well. Um, trying to take all the positives out of it. Yes, mm. there's some development problems. I'm probably the same, six and a half, seven, somewhere in that range. The reason it's elevated is his acting. The reason yeah. it's not is those few plot points that needed a bit more work. And overall, the premise was fantastic. Yeah. I love the no. premise. I would, I would advise people to watch it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I think it's definitely worth watching. I would agree probably, I would have said maybe seven, seven and a half even. Agreed that the acting was amazing. The general premise in the story is good. I do think there were some, some holes and some things needed development. But I definitely think it's worth a watch. So if you have seen it, yay. Happy to hear your thoughts. Yeah. If you haven't, and you get the opportunity, watch it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. I mean, just out of curiosity, if we're going around the table, our favorite 80s slasher film, Kobe? Shocker by Wes Craven. <laughs> what a rando. I love it. You fucking weirdo. I, I can't. I don't know slasher films that well. Yeah, Angela has not no. watched enough. Look, if I'm looking at mainstream stuff, I think I love... Oh, I'm going to make some enemies. <laughs> I love Halloween. I think Halloween is brilliant. Um... Friday the 13th is great, but Hatchet, if you've not seen Hatchet, Hatchet is the reason that Friday the 13th exists. And you pull me up for using Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great film. Anyway. Yeah. If you're looking for a game to play, you know, look, holidays are right around the corner. You got to be stuck with your family. A great game to play with the family. Yeah, it's family friendly or you can make it family friendly is Curious Humans. So CuriousHumanGames.com. Use checkout code by the by and you'll get 10% off of the base game and of all of the expansions. It's a great game. Sit around the table, friends, family, doesn't matter. You can play it out. It'll be a lot of fun. That's CuriousHumansGame.com. Use checkout code by the by. I know Halloween was just a couple of days ago, but I am going to do my own pitch for improv stuff today. And I want to do something uh, kind of slashery in the they, them, slasher horror film kind of thing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the dildo. Oh, my God, Kevin, you're so hot and sexy. I know. You love me and I love you, and we're going to do the sex soon. But, Kevin, should we out in the woods? Shouldn't we wait and maybe get married first? No, baby, because I just want to use you and move on, because that's what I do. Kevin, do you hear that outside? What? It sounds like a dildo. That's right, baby, because when I'm the dildo, what do I do? I fuck. <clears throat> Breaking, this is Bradford. Hi, yeah, um, 
I started this and had no idea where I was going. So we're just going to jump straight to the exciting part and say, if you go to adamandeve.com and use checkout code by the by, you'll get a discount so great. It's scary. That's right. It's 50% off one of your items. Then you'll also get free shipping, six videos on demand, and some extra things thrown in your box. So if you start down a road of romance and have no idea where you're going, maybe where you should be going is to adamandeve.com. That's right, adamandeve.com. Use checkout code by the by, and you'll get discounts so good, they're scary. Oh, Kevin. That's right, baby. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thanks for that, babe. Appreciate it. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, so look, um, we don't often get to review queer films that are both slashers, horror, and mainstream, but it was a delight to do it. Thank you, Kobe. Yeah, thanks for, for coming on and watching you know, it. Taking it. a yeah. couple hours out of your week to watch this film and then chat with us about it. No, thank you very much, and thank you for a recommendation of another good horror movie. Woohoo! Yeah. All right, so if you out there want to, uh, you know, tell us your thoughts about something, I mean, you know, write long emails that are scary. You can email us, theatomsoflove at gmail.com, or you can message us on any of our socials. We are at By the Bad Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. If you want to chat with us live on our Discord, we're there every fucking day. It's amazing. All you have to do is support us at any level on www.patreon.com slash By the Bad Podcast. You'll get an, uh, an email invite to our Discord channel, or you can go to our website www.bythebuy.com.au you can message us through the contact page or you can go to our events page and see where we will be and what we'll be doing it's going to be some good fucking stuff ladies gents any final thoughts check it out watch it do it let us know what you think yes bye hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 